Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige podcast recording. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the 1986 Martin Scorsese movie, The Color of Money. This is a sequel to the uh, much earlier work. Uh, I think it was 59. Uh, the Hustler. That we did a I think uh, we, we did this like about this time last year. When oh, we were we? doing kind of like a mm-hmm. pandemic movie coverage. So it's been less than a year since I've seen it. Uh, as I said, it's directed by Martin Scorsese. It's got a screenplay by Richard Price, who you might recognize as the writer of Mad Dog and Glory, or some of your favorite television shows, such as The Wire, The Night of, and The Deuce for HBO. It's based on the novel The Cover- Color of Money by Walter Tevis, uh, who also wrote The Hustler. Uh, and also, if you were not asleep during 2020, wrote the book The Queen's Gambit that was adapted uh, to a Netflix series. Hmm. It stars Paul Newman reprising his role as Fast Eddie Felson. It adds to the uh, cast Tom Cruise. Um, you guys know Tom Cruise, right? A famous Scientologist. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing face and body at 79 years old, <laughs> however old he is. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, I think is how you pronounce her name, who also starred opposite Ed Harris in The Abyss, Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Helen Shaver, who you've certainly seen in TV shows and movies over the years, but she's also been a prolific director as re- late directing episodes of Vikings and Westworld. John Turturro from The Big Lebowski, Barton uh, Fink, most recently uh, The Plot Against America on HBO. Bill Cobbs as Orvis, who is a character actor, is featured in The Bodyguard, Hudsucker Proxy, Demolition Man. Forrest Whitaker as Amos. Uh, we've seen him recently in Star Star Wars Rogue One, Arrival, Last King of Scotland. We just did badass series with him in the Bloodsport mm-hmm. movie. And then finally, Keith McCready, who is a no shit professional pool player and shark. Yes. Um, yeah, right. And, uh, I feel like I recognize this guy from the World Series of Pool or whatever the hell it was that they were. I, he was on one TV. of the. I did some reading on him and he was one of the ones that kind of like rode the wave from like when pool was just a hustler sport to because ironically this movie kind of there was no kind of Atlantic City nine ball classic open there is now because of this movie so like everybody plays uh, nine ball because of this movie like like all the the pool that's played for for money and sport now I think is nine ball. Yeah, keep this. These movies keep trying to bring straight pool back and weird variations, but it's nine. It's the fat, hard breaking, fast playing nine yeah. ball. The bangers uh, love the nine ball. The bangers love the nine ball. Uh, is this movie a banger, Jim? I I, I know we both really like the hustler. Uh, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, have you seen it? And what did you think? Yes, I have seen this movie before. Um, I think I suggested it because you know we watched the hustler pretty recently, and you liked that, and I figure yeah, you'll probably like this. Um. I had forgotten it was directed by Martin Scorsese, which I think is pretty much on display here. I, th- I think there's some good directing here, some interesting shots of, of pool being played and some sure kind of inventive stuff a la, you know, Raging Bull and what he does with boxing there. Um, sure. Some interesting montages. And I, I, I guess I was welcome. I, I was very open to the idea of more fast Eddie Felsen uh, after seeing The Hustler. Uh, and I remember really liking this movie first time I watched it. This time was no different. Um, this is still a great movie. It's probably an easier watch than the hustler, I would say. Um, but, but I don't know that I'd recommend if I thought someone was willing to watch the hustler, I don't know that I would recommend watching this first because, you know, even though it's more mainstream, it's more watchable in my opinion. I just don't. I think there's a lot from the hustler that you kind of need to know about Eddie uh, to, to really inform what's going on here. So I don't know as a companion piece. I think it's great. It's, it's maybe not quite as good as the hustler, but it's still pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, I was wondering that myself um, because, you know, I just seen the original about a year ago. So I was, I was kind of the ideal audience case for this. It hadn't been 25 years since I've watched the movie. Just been a year. And I kept on thinking, like, I wonder how well this would hold up as a standalone. I think it would hold up really well because, you know, the movie alludes to what happened to to, to Paul Newman's character, the fast Eddie. Sure. But it doesn't really dwell on it. And I, don't, I think that 
if you didn't want like the 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 steep i guess ask of the hustler is that it's just an old film it's just in its editing and yeah. it's it's filmmaking it i think it it still stands out in some of its themes and some of its shot and just paul newman fucking a beast in this movie mm-hmm. that movie but um yeah, I, I don't think this movie is as good as the hustler it's still a really good movie and mm-hmm. it's also really interesting to see like early Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise <laughs> is really riding the the the. He he's kind of like uh, stomping on Ellen's couch. Tom Cruise. He's really riding that that line between cocky confidence and just insane uh, flake behavior, which is is great because this is what that film calls for. Yeah. Uh, it's got so it's got really good early work by him. It's got really good late work by uh, Paul Newman, of course. Yep. And seeing. Martin Scorsese take on something he didn't necessarily want to do this film. He wasn't passionate about this film. Paul Newman just came to him and like, hey, I want you, you know, I, I want I want to make a movie, a sequel to The Hustler. And uh, I, I really like your work on Raging Bull. I want you to make this movie. You're 40 year old Martin Scorsese. You tell Paul Newman to go to fucking pound sand, hit the bricks. No, of get out of here, pretty boy. No, you fucking do the film. So I this is probably that impulse, right? Like it makes sense because the hustler was pretty groundbreaking when it happened. Um, Certainly, it, you know, from like a storytelling perspective, it was it was not the usual fare of the time. So like coming in here and getting a director like Martin Scorsese to direct this film, who's known for kind of breaking those molds. I, I think that was probably a smart idea. Yeah. And like it's, it's so like. I don't think unlike like we were talking about this in the previous or in in our like just kind of banter before the podcast, but like you know, like like Steven Spielberg has a pretty good sample. If you want like you know very artistic auteur films, serious films, he's got that work. But he's also got these like mainstream, commercially successful mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and and the Jurassic Parks and things like that. Martin Scorsese doesn't really do things like this, so this is yeah. kind of like the only. And like, uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy because even Kubrick has, you know, his his kind of more accessible things that he did to kind of whereas Scorsese just kind of came out of the gate making, you know, weird, violent meditations on misogyny and stuff like that. This yeah. is kind of like the only one is only kind of like, you know. Mainstream movie. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see, like, what Scorsese does when he's, you know, just kind of like, uh, uh, uh a jobber director, a director for hire. Um, yeah. And it's an interesting piece of his, his uh, bibliography, I guess, or filmography. It's also interesting. There's a whole long soliloquy about nine ball at the beginning of this film. And uh, the voiceover work is done by Martin Scorsese. Yes. Yeah. Pretty obviously. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. heard an interview with him? Yeah. So I guess it was warranted, we... right? Not a lot of people knew what nine ball was at the time. I, I don't really know. Um, 86, I certainly wasn't playing much nine ball. <laughs> I was four yeah. years old. So I, yeah. I don't know what the pool scene was like then. But well, that's the thing is like, I don't think, and we talked about this in The Hustler, like, I don't think this movie requires you to have a vast well of pool knowledge. And no. just like The Hustler, just like The Queen's Gamut, it excels at making a sport that is probably not very accessible to a, a a person just watching a game, especially at a high level. It, it, it makes it through the use of montages and the use of uh, like, just those like crazy shot after crazy shot, finesse shot after finesse shot. Um, it just kind of like has that kind of, and there's this one like where you finally build up to <clears throat> one of the, the pivotal um, uh, pool matches. Like they use those, they use those balls slamming against each other and like violent conflict to simulate the conflict between the two men involved. They reminded me of like John Woo using like uh, white doves or crashing surf to kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, underline a physical battle. This, these yeah. are using the crashing and conflicting the balls and rapid editing style, uh, you know, smashing together to kind of show like the roiling psychological combat that's happening. Yeah. Uh, over like a pool table. Stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and again, like Newman man is so cool mm-hmm. and is so solid in this movie. And there's a couple scenes in the middle of the film where he's just sitting on one of those weird uh, goofy pool high chairs, kind of slouched 
where it's recognizably the same guy that plays 48 hours of pool in the hustler. Like he's got that thousand yard stare. He's got that hungry look, you know, the angle. And it's just, it's so cool to see. It's just like a time machine. Like you could dissolve from the 1959 hustler into this. And uh, it it would look, it, it would look amazing. Um, yeah, and Scorsese really uses, uh, <laughs> you know, uses every part of the Newman in this movie. <laughs> he does. Because uh, those scenes are d- evocative. Like, every, everything I'm, when I'm looking at that man's face, I'm seeing scenes from The Hustler, right? I'm, I'm thinking about him, you know, being uh, the, the, the brash hustler who thinks he can take out Minnesota fats uh, and, you know, ends up losing to all all the stuff that happens in the hustler, I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm seeing it through his eyes replaying in front of him through Tom Cruise. And all of that is just, you know, wordlessly uh, conveyed by staring at Paul Newman. What do you think of Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio? Because I, I watched like a lot of her stuff growing up and she kind of like, you know, uh, a cold cerebral ball buster in abyss. I didn't really like, I thought her, well, she's very good as maid Marion and Robin hood, Prince of thieves. And that's kind of the only stuff mm-hmm. I'd seen her. in. I think she's also in, uh, uh, that was that nor'easter, the perfect storm. Oh, okay. I was blown away by how good she is in this film. And in some of the early scenes, like, uh, until I got a good look at her, I was like, is this Famica Jansen? Like I was trying to do the math. Like she's like like twelve years old. There's no fucking way. Yeah, she is so attractive and so um, plays like this really cool against Tom Cruise's hot. Um, uh-huh. It's great because the other thing is like this. Uh, if you if you're familiar with the Hustler, like I was kind of dreading the entire movie. Paul Newman trying to you know, get a hustle in in that area. You know, right, especially with his right. with his. Uh, and that was like uh, an ever. And I felt like that they had everyone in this movie had really good chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of like, you know, how big of a shit is Paul Newman going to be? Uh, but I thought she did yeah. really, really good work. Um, uh, she's in Scarface as t- Tony's sister or, or Manny's sister, which. Real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Manny's, Manny's right? Manny's sister. I think it's Manny's sister. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then she just. After the abyss, I've not seen anything else she's been in. Uh, but she see if she feels like Andy McDowell with a little more of an edge, and I don't mm-hmm. know why she didn't have that career because Andy McDowell's had a heck of a career. Uh, another a good early work by Forrest Whitaker. You know, he comes in as like yeah. a cool hustler, uh, and he's just a weirdo. Uh huh. Like he's got a lot more energy than you'll see from him in a lot of the recent roles he's taken sure which is interesting because like yeah like uh the younger forrest whitaker had a lot more energy than you know obviously older yeah. <laughs> old man forrest whitaker but yeah seeing him here and, and like he's kind of like a flakier flake than tom cruise mm-hmm. um and newman realizes that uh or F- fast eddie realizes that too late question mark yeah, I think he's more uh, control, right? About, like he is yeah. a flake, but he has more control over that flake he's, persona. He's, he's doing the, he's the, the thing of, that the Robert Newman or Robert Newman, the Paul Newman wants Tom Cruise to do in this movie. Be himself without uh, you know, and, and being able to turn on and off being yourself. I think I created the the false character of Robert Newman. <laughs> I think uh, so. And it's, it's now in fact, I think I did that between the Hustler and uh, what was that the Tom Hanks movie uh, where he was the bad guy? Uh, oh, the, between those, not the verdict. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Irish Mafia movie. Yeah, I can't. That, that shit. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Between I think I created the the composite uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Paul Newman. The Robert yeah. the Robert Newman. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm infected you with it. It's so it, it's great. Should, uh, how much more do we want to talk about this before we kind of get down to spoilers? Because maybe I could lay out the plot uh, for people yeah. who, because uh, that's the thing is like, I've heard of this movie. I had no idea it was a sequel to an older movie. Um, and oh. I thought, I thought it was about wall street. I think I got this got wall street and, uh, and this confused. I think I did. It's literally I just called wall street. Like, when I was a kid, I think I got, yeah, I saw like old dudes mm-hmm. on the cover with younger guys and it's something about greed and money or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, this movie is about a uh, retired pool hustler uh, who is now selling alcohol to bars. He's selling shitty alcohol that you put in good alcohol and you make you make uh, you make profit. Uh, and he also does some uh, what do they call it? Staking horse staking uh, steak horsing. I think steak is the term horsing. They use. I got her flipped. Where uh, a person with money will pay a pool hustler, you know, essentially be their money man. Uh, yeah, it's and Bert he, from the, the first movie, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and he's he's doing one of those things with John Turturro, and he's, he's running scams and bars and stuff. And he notices this kid who is just electric and taking over the room and just like showy, splashy dominance of, of, of pool. Uh, and it's 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 Tom Cruise and it's Mary Elizabeth, their their boyfriend and girlfriend, and she's kind of his manager. And he steps in there quickly, determines that none of them have Eve any idea of what to do and how to really hustle at pool. And as the veteran hustler, he is going offering to admit, again be the Bert from the first movie, uh, take a uh, take a big chunk of their winnings to stake them and then navigate them like the 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 move them up from these backroom. Uh, low money, low stakes hustles all the way to the big time in Atlantic City. Um, and there's just tons of hustler wisdom and life lessons. And uh, he's trying to break Tom Cruise like a horse, like a wild horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes in surprising directions. At least I was surprised in the directions it went to. Um, okay. So if you, if you want to see this movie, uh, I think you should. It's a great one. Um, but now we're going to talk about spoilers. Can we start uh, right there in that first scene? Yeah, sure. Okay, because I, I love the, the first half of this movie, I think might be slightly better than the second half of this movie, but only slightly. And, and these mm-hmm. early scenes, absolutely love. Just even the way that like he discovers Tom Cruise tells you so much about him. Uh, if you haven't seen The Hustler and you know nothing about uh, Fast Eddie Felsen, um, this scene sets it up so perfectly. Like he's running a hustle kind of running a hustle on this bar owner right um who i guess we find out later he's he's sleeping with i i don't know there's a lot of entangled relationships here but there's a, yeah there's a, there's some history here that we don't know about but we yeah. kind of absorb through the movie yeah uh, but but he's running a hustle there and then he hears this break behind him this loud thunderous break right and he's like dang Thund- thunderstroke. Like, like he's pulled out of the very he's very focused and somebody comes up to him and he's like look i'm, I'm running a thing here get the Get the fuck off me. But when he hears that break, he's pulled away, right? His own brain pulls him away and he notices the break and goes, God damn. Uh, so, so it tells you, like, this guy is all about this hustle. Oh, but he hears this thing that is very interesting to him. And so you kind of yeah. get a lot from even that first shot. And this scene just evolves in, in a beautiful way, too. And it's a slow burn because, you know, it's not just a, that's what finally wrenches his attention from his his business deal. But like John yeah. Turturro coming up, hey, uh, I, I got this guy in the ropes. Got to get another 20. I'm trying to hustle him. Sure, sure, sure. Comes back a minute later, <laughs> you know, or like two minutes later. Hey, I need another 20. He's like, you know, I, I swear I got this guy is about to crack like 45 seconds later comes back. And it's like it's like becomes and then like so like his awareness is like gradually you're right. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like the the opening Godfather scene. If like uh, you know Fredo was coming in every forty five <laughs> seconds, being like, "Dad, Dad, Dad," you know, I need to buy a hundred bucks because it, it's it, it's it's good because it's like, what the hell is going on? Who is hustling the hustler here? And then you know, Tom Cruise at the height of his young boyish powers is the payoff, and I think he delivers. Yeah, um, and there are two hustles talk- going on in this scene mm. too, right? It's not just. Um, you know him hustling the bar owner trying to sell his booze but also then he gets hus- he gets into hustling uh Carmen who's uh kind of managing Tom Cruise at that point and his girlfriend and and he's got two simultaneous hustles going here and i i love this $500 cuz he's he's trying to teach her how much she doesn't know um yep and also he's not buying a game for $500, right? He's buying this kid for $500. It's yeah. I mean, he never gives him the 500 bucks and the game is never taken, but that would have been the offer essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a way to like, and in the dialogue, just like in the previous movie, there's so much kind of like, uh, I guess I would call it folk wisdom in, in this kind of like, you know, um, 
there's there's like a lot a lot of all this kind of hustler street smarts type stuff that he's delivering and i just this is a great scene of like this older guy coming in and just intimidating the fuck she, she, mm-hmm. she he's like just the way he looks at her is like hey i'll put his because because at this point tom cruise is like twirling this fucking stick around like donatello from the ninja turtles challenging mm-hmm. everyone for like you know it's like he's taking every 20 dollars out of everyone's pocket and like come on you fucking pussies and yeah. he comes up he's like i'm your huckleberry and slides over 500 and she she sees the danger it's like it's like yeah. the big bad wolf coming in and wanting to play but and he's like ah you know you're giving up 500 dollars, and the way he kind of mind fucks her where mm-hmm. she's like okay well, we'll take it i uh, shouldn't because <laughs> you know i'm dangerous and i'm unknown and then she's like okay i won't but also i can't hardly see anything and i suck at pool and i've played pool in 25 uh-huh. years okay it's it's yeah it would have been the right uh, choice but how do you determine that you know that that's it's a great sales pitch right it's incredible yeah and then taking them to you know the cafe or the restaurant whatever afterward it might even be in the same bar i i can't remember um but he's got all the tricks down he's, he's got the confusion going right i i think of like hustlers who try and shortchange people they had cashiers right they come in and they swap around all this money they get you looking in one direction you're all confused you think you have a handle on it but do you um yeah. he does that to her and then to vincent he's just like nagging him right he's like sure uh you're you're a character man and vincent's like hell yeah i'm a character he or i, I got a ton of character you hear him say that and he says no no i said you are a character <laughs> he mr wolfson from pulp fiction <laughs> yeah for sure I guarantee you, Tar- or, uh, yeah, Tarantino got a little bit of inspiration. There's like, because that, that speech is so fucking close to Mr. Wolf, and it's d- uh-huh. done by such a cool, that's almost exactly the same energy. Um, but yeah, and that, that's like, it, and it, it's such so naturally, like, so the play for uh, Mary, um, Mary Elizabeth, I can't remember her character's name, uh, was like, you know, I, I'm I, the reason that I feel dangerous because I got way too much money and I'm the unknown. And the problem is he should be the unknown. He should not be yeah. striding in here like a Colossus. He should be, you know, like, like you, you got to set like a long term, like, yeah, making 20 bucks from somebody's cool. But what's even cooler is making five grand from the fattest shark in the pool hall. And yeah. those guys aren't stupid. And if you show how much, you know, so like, I thought that stuff was really cool. And with him, you're right. It's like uh, he's doing this uh, elaborate neg- negging thing, you know, explaining yeah. the concept of of his of his uh, of his uh, the flake. Did they because there's so much in common between Tom Cruise's uh, portrayal and in this one and Paul Newman in the original. Did they mm-hmm. actually go into flaking in the is, is that a term from the first movie or is this something? I don't that, think so. No. OK, interesting. Because, like, I guess the way I understand the flake as described in this movie is a person with a personality and attitude that compels men to challenge them. You know, like uh, Michael Jordan is a great flake. Reggie Miller is a great flake. Like someone who is not just good because you can respect greatness, Mm -hmm. but someone who knows he's good and you want to like fucking take him down a peg and, and you, and he's like, you know, if you, if you take that natural ability and you, pair it with an ounce of brains then you're mm-hmm. going to go somewhere and unfortunately this movie um i think is, is saying that like newman eventually gets up, gives up trying to teach him the lessons that he learned 30 years ago and decides this fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get i'm gonna get fitted for glasses and take over the world again um yeah i think um there's a line pretty early on where he's talking about a uh, pool as compared to golf. And he says like, isn't there a master's tournament or something that you can join like the old timers. And I think that comes into play later. It's something that kind of roams around in uh, Eddie's head over the course of this. And when the going gets really tough and, and he sees that this horse is just not going to be tamed, then I, I he kind of puts that front in front of him. Right. And says, okay, this is my new goal. I I, I still love this game. I can't get back into it through stake horsing this lunatic, but can I do it myself? Yeah, it's weird. It's got the the rare, or maybe maybe it's not super rare, but it seems like the rare in movies, like five act structure, where like you go like where you think you're going to have the conventional three arcs acts, and then the third arc they abruptly end it, and there's a fourth one that begins where, and I put in my notes like this is essentially old folks hustling. 
Yeah. You know, like he's taken, yeah. he tasted, he's, he's, he t- like his first victim is a woman that looks like she's got a fanny pack and a mm-hmm. vice. She would look at home parked in front of a uh, one arm uh, jack for like 18 hours on a Vegas floor, right? For sure. Like, you know, uh, but like he's, you know, obviously starts small and he works himself up into the, the big game. But like, I, man, I, f- I feel like I want to jump to a couple of, um, a couple interpretations of this movie, because I think we just talked about the plain reading of the situation, which is Paul Newman tries to teach this kid. You got to have patience. You got to stop chasing the small money. You got to allow yourself to be humiliated and, and, and shown up so that you can ultimately humiliate and rob blind the fat cats. Yeah. And this kid will not get that message ever. Like, mm-hmm. and there's this one scene where his girlfriend has to threaten withholding of the pussy right. uh, at the, at the 11th hour before it's one stroke too late to keep him from, you know, fucking up the, you know, essentially uh, g- making this town nuclear winter for them. There's no way they can make money. And he just gets fed up and leaves. There's another interpretation, though, that this is all just a hustle within the hustle. Sure. Because they they show that, like, um, you know, after he has this kind of disappointing thing with Tom Cruise where, you know, he's just sitting he's sitting up there in his high chair. And instead of like, you know, acting out or walking out or doing all the different psychological tactics, he's tried to rein Vincent in. He just is letting it happen. And like Mary Elizabeth finally has to get up and like, you know, again, play the pussy card. And it brings him in line temporarily. And he's like, you know what? Uh, yeah, you did good. You, you did the right thing. Uh, I'm going to go play pool. Knowing that Tom Cruise is going to have to see. He's never watched this guy play pool before. Yeah. He's going to have to see what the fuss is all about. And Newman gets pantsed by uh, the last king of Scotland. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> and I think this is a work. Because Newman is a great actor and his acting like he is humiliated and shamed and hustled is not great. I agree. Like it looks like a good actor pretending to be a bad actor so that we're kind of in on the joke. But yeah, this is tough. This is the question. And at that point, my my mind was racing with the next mm-hmm, scenes mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. looking for the angle. Is he setting him up you here? were seeing this a second time. You were, you were thinking like you're trying to validate this theory too. Okay. Yeah. Cause my first time through, I, I definitely had those thoughts. Um, the second time through I'm, I'm looking for the angles. I'm seeing if there is, and I don't think there is. I, it, so this movie is peculiar because if it's a five act structure, it only gives you four of those acts. It doesn't mm. give you the the payoff, right? So you're left to kind of imagine what's going to happen at the end of this. Though I will say, it, I think the movie says what's going to happen, but you need to know who Fast Eddie Felson is, really. And I understand that because I've seen The Hustler. I'm not so sure that you understand the end of this movie the way it's meant to be understood if you haven't seen The Hustler. How do you think it's supposed to be understood? Because I've seen The Hustler, but I've only seen it one time. And I, I, I think um, he, he changes the game at the end of this. If you look at this whole movie as like a metaphor scene through pool um, and you you can say fast Eddie Felsen is straight pool. He's cool. Um, he, he's got patience. He's got endurance. He's got finesse um, and concentration focus. And then you look at Tom Cruise and you say all the opposite things about him. He's nine ball. He's the banger. He's the power, right? He's like got all this raw something there, but it is not attuned to the game he's he's trying to play. And so I think at the end of this movie, Paul Newman switches the game on him. It's no longer nine ball that he's been trying to play when he says, like, I might not beat you today, but I'll come back and I'll beat you in Houston. I'll beat you in New Orleans. He's playing straight pool. He's playing the long game. And I, I think you can understand that through this movie, but I really feel it through the hustler. Hmm. Yeah. So I, cause that's going back to my, yeah, I didn't really answer the question. Interpretation. I, I think uh, the movie is playing straight, but so, so, so Newman just kind of sucked in that scene. I think so. I, 
Because because here's the thing, like I, I, I'd have to see it again and you have seen it and I'm, I'm glad you were looking for this angle. So you're probably right, because like I, I was kind of geared up to like there'd be something. But I think you're right. The movie does play it straight to where. I don't but it just felt like he was at such a crossroads with uh, Vince and like he was trying. This is so it's so he's like, well, I can't break through this guy. And to the extent that I can, his girlfriend can do it better. So like I'm going to take this opportunity to teach this guy a lesson for good. And I'm going to do it by coming back and humiliating him with all like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be the, uh, you know, it's, it's a tale of the, the, have you heard the tale of the, the old bull and the young bull and they're up on the hill and the young bulls like sees all these cows down in the valley. He's like, let's, let's run down there and, 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 and fuck one of these cows. And the old bulls like, Hey, let's walk down there and fuck them all. I feel like uh, Newman is in that kind of like old bull. Like, okay, yeah. you're you you are so blind to I'm actually going to rob you blind with my technique. But like, but then it could be so like it started off on that, but he does kind of get reignited. And the fact yeah. that uh, the thing that really fucks up my theory is that Tom Cruise double hustles him, right? Where you're like, and, and it's it's brilliant inversion because I was like, ah, interesting. I yeah, I was not seeing Newman uh, prevailing over Tom Cruise, uh, but he does. And then Tom Cruise, I guess that's the other question. Did Tom Cruise really hustle him, or was that him covering you know the saving face? Like when he comes and says, ah, oh, yeah, you beat me, huh? But you didn't really beat me. I actually threw not just one, not two, not I actually threw four different balls against you. Mm-hmm. And had you thinking that I, you actually beat me. Here's your cut of the winnings, buddy. Was that legit or is that I him fucking so. with them? I, I think so. I think, you know, the, the thing that he did succeed in is teaching Carmen. Um, it, you know, he might mm. not have been able to teach uh, Vincent, Tom Cruise's character, but he definitely taught Carmen how to handle Vincent. And when they come back later in the movie, um, after he's gone off and done his his you know old person old folks home hustling, uh, uh, he is different, right? And they talk about how like they're kind of in sync, um, and, and you wouldn't even recognize Vincent. He's a new man, right? Uh, she has taught him all that. I think yes, that final lesson with uh, Eddie taught him something, but then she continued on that and actually tamed him. So that's where I come down on it, like. She has she has taken up that that torch and and run with it, and he is not hustling Eddie in this scene. He's hustling everybody else, right? He's now playing that longer game. Gotcha. But and then I guess like the the ending comes down to me like who's the better, you know, with my metaphor, straight pool player here, right? Who's got the more endurance? Who's got more uh, finesse and patience and is going to ride this thing out? Um, and to me it's still Eddie because uh, he's been at this yeah. longer and he isn't quite the, the flake that Tom is um, that Vincent is right. so especially I, at this age yeah I, I do see him like beating Vincent eventually but I, I don't think Vincent was trying to hustle him at that point and I don't unless he's trying to impart some final lesson to Vincent, I don't think he's hustling him through the last third of this movie. So I, I read the because I, I this is what I always love to do. If Rodriguez written a review like my last thing before I, I sit down and record is like to see what he thought about it. And I was rarely have I been as shocked as when I saw the masthead Roger Ebert color of money, 1986, two and a half stars. Holy yeah. shit. That's like savage. Like, you know, like, uh, Anything below three stars with uh, Ebert is kind of like it's not worth your time. Um, And he, you know, and like I said, it's like this is like, uh, and and for a Martin Scorsese film, like this is extraordinarily savage. Mm -hmm. And I was reading it, and it's like, you know, he's like talking about how bored. I wonder if the movie hadn't. I I feel like the movie would be more interesting if at the end you realize that 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 Newman was doing like an uber hustle, a hustle within a hustle within a hustle. That he is actually like a couple times you think. Maybe Tom Cruise has gotten the upper hand on him and it turns out that, nah, he was just you yeah. know, doing it to set up the bigger hustle. I kept looking um, for it. Uh, I was wondering, OK, did did, you know, Cruise, did Vincent throw these games so that he'd get him? Because, you know, early on, he talks about the, the real money isn't in the tournament. The real money is in the practice room. 
Did Vincent yeah. throw the the tournament so that he'd you know fleece Eddie in the practice room? Well, not exactly. He threw it so that he could fleece everyone else in the practice room. Right? It's it's not necessarily a hustle on Eddie. And I don't think Eddie's hustling Tom or Vincent here. I I don't know. I kept it's on. I, it's funny because uh, the second that uh, Newman stepped back into the pool, the pool hall, like at a high level, I kept on expecting uh, George C. Scott in like a wheelchair oh, and like an Austrian mask with a whole bunch of geezers and like walkers and canes with like tire irons. Like we told you, Eddie, yeah. we told you never to step, never to step foot in this pool hall again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's, um, I mean, obviously uh, that kind of scared him straight. Like the experiences from that first movie and all those guys are dead now. Like oh, hardly any, and that's kind of one of the pleasures of the film. One of the real pleasures of the film is actually um, how much it kind of trades on that hustler. Like when you go to mm-hmm. what we called the Mecca or like the Notre Dame of pool halls, like, you know, just like this hallowed, almost church atmosphere. They go back to the original set, mm-hmm. uh, the original location of pool hall. And it's like some furniture warehouse now just packed full yeah. of like mothballs. And I thought that was really funny. Uh, but then when you get to Atlantic City, that that like nine ball classic is shot to look just like that kind of like it's you know it's like stepping out onto Wrigley Field or something you kind of have mm-hmm. the hush you know like you can feel um I, I thought that 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 was really cool and I love they, that that initial break the, the first break when all the tables are set up you've got like I don't know 32 tables out there or something and simultaneous an explosion that is it, it's I don't know how many decibels it is, but it is immensely loud and it is really yeah. it gets you in the mood to watch some pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is, with if you're familiar with the first hustlers, I just kept on thinking there was like, what lesson did Paul Newman learn from the hustler? Did he learn the lesson that like, you know, George C. Scott is uh, a real asshole um, or did he like after 25 years of embitterment, is he looking for like revenge? Is he you know, looking for an excuse to, you know, to teach a young punk some lessons. And like I, every time he was alone with uh, Vince's girlfriend, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And there's one time where like, yeah. I thought it's like yeah, early in the film where she's. I don't know what she's trying to pull. She's trying to pull something. And he's like, fine, let's just fuck right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like he's trying to firmly establish that this is a business relationship. And I kind of felt like I relaxed, but I, the, the, under the there's there's kind of like that jaws. Dud, um, every time he got alone with her, I'm like, is he going to try to pull the the Burt m- move? You yeah. know, um, but uh, I don't know, because like there's a there's a couple hints throughout the movie. Like, you know, he's only taking 60 percent, which sounds crazy. But like, didn't Burt take 75, 80 percent from him? Oh, he did. Yeah, um, there's like, yeah, there's like, there's like subtle signs that he is not. He's much more like his first mentor than the George C. Scott character. Um, and some of the ways sure. he like, there's like a lot of funny scenes, like where he sets Tom Cruise up to, you know, he's a steak horse, and uh, Tom Cruise is kind of like doing the Tom Cruise shit. So Paul Newman tells his girlfriend, "Hey, go pull the car around, point it in the opposite direction." Blah blah blah. And then he just goes up into the balcony and leaves Tom Cruise there to twist in the wind and fight himself out of like all these pool sharks. Like, yay, pay up your money, you fucker. Uh, I thought that was that 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 was that was hilarious. It is. Um, And it evokes, you know, the the, the thumb breaking in the first movie. Yeah. But that's that's I think why it works because it's funny. But there's also that element of like, man, is he going to like humble this guy with broken thumbs? Right. Or what the you know, what the hell? Um, and the other thing is like, you know, cause the Mary Elizabeth, the uh, Mastra Tranto, um, she's always like poking holes in Eddie's facade, but I was also in my notes, like, but is it a facade? Because yeah, I don't think so, but, but I didn't think so either. But then we get to that point where he just crumbles in the face of Forrest Whitaker. And I'm like, well, maybe some of this bravado and you know, cause like, look how fast it fell away. He's like, yeah, like, you know, uh, your excellence is pool. Is, is what is that line about? If you have excellence, uh, you can always arrange the money. And she's like, well, "What's your excellence? My excellence is, you know, reading humans." And he just like, you know, has this ironclad. But like, you know, when he demonstrates it, it's a it's a fraud. 
Because he's like, oh, this guy's going to, you know, flame out in 30 seconds and he's off by like three seconds. And then he's like, double or nothing. Or, or yeah, for, for tonight's dinner bill, I bet you can walk out that girl in less than two minutes. Well, it turns out he, she's an old acquaintance. Yeah. So he's able to there say, hey, I, I know this is kind of weird, but I, I need you to come out and look at something in my car. And she's like bemused. But like, and I, so I was like, maybe the movie suggesting that a lot of more of this is a front that he's a lot more emotionally like fucked up and damaged from the first movie, even 25 years later. I mean, this guy's has been scared off a professional pool by that uh-huh. experience for 25 years. So getting back. Yeah. Like I, I wondered how much of his stuff was bullshit. Yeah. That's a good question because there is definitely part of this movie where it works flawlessly. Right. And that is recruiting Vincent into this lifestyle in the first place. Um, and, and those scenes are, wonderful i i love i absolutely love everything that happens at the toy store and then everything that happens at the pool hall after that just the way he's playing them right he's he's got all the angles vincent trusting his judgment about carmen more than vincent's own judgment right um do you think he's right just by planting a seed no i don't think he's right i I never saw she was getting bored i never saw anything about that from her not really hmm but, but who knows? It makes Maybe sense, though. It makes sense. This guy fucking around for, you know, he's working at Toys R Us and he's, you know, hustling people for 20 bucks at the pool hall. And she's just, like, that did seem like it had. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, is that something someone does for 10 years or is that something someone does? Um, but that's the other thing is, like, I never really had an idea of, like, how their relationship was, how long they'd been dating, all that kind of stuff. So I had to take Newman at his human supercomputer for you know, study of student of humanity, you know, you study to watch. I study you kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take him out his word. So I guess I, t- I thought that he had seen something um, of a frustration with her or a, a boredom of like the sameness of this. And maybe also, I, like, I would think if that were true, he wouldn't need to fake it. Right. Cause he fakes, he, he sends her out for cigarettes and at the exact time where he knows Vincent is going to be out in the pool hall looking for her. And when he doesn't find her, he's going to worry that he's she's left. Oh, in yeah, you're right. And just he got bored with the whole thing. Right. So he's manipulating things behind the scenes, which to he's me so, says like, he's making it happen. It's not there already. Yeah, he's so he, he reminds me so much of um, Ben Kingsley's character in uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher. <laughs> yeah. With, like the Balabushka. The Balabushka is, you know, uh, jo- Josh, I, I forget uh-huh. his last Baskin. name. That's his uh, master chess master certificate, right? For sure. Yeah. Can I get the, can I get the Balabushka? No, no. Yeah, it's not ready. You're not ready. for. Uh, but he's like, yeah, he's like this curious amount of like building him up and then knocking him down to try again to try to break him because Tom Cruise is a maniac. Tom yeah. Cruise, like, does you don't even have to you don't even have to try that hard you can be like some jobber to just be like, huh, don't choke uh, on a hundred dollar bet. And that's enough for him to radi- make, make the pool hall radioactive. That's enough for him to go yeah. in the killer shark when he knows there's a whale with $5,000 in his pocket. Um, yeah. And there's uh, other stuff that is, but that Eddie's doing during this movie that I think is so good. The other hustle that he's like half running this whole time is the booze hustle. He's trying to sell this old McDonald, uh, which is hilarious uh, to, mm. to this bartender. He takes her out on a date to a bar where he's already sold the old McDonald and orders old McDonald from that bar. Just to let her see that other bartenders are serving this stuff. It's sure. Sure. It's just like, it, you know, it's when it's revealed, it's not subtle, but it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I, I really loved it. Um, I also love just the pool hall etiquette, man. Like this is like where betting is a fact of life, but it's also still kind of illegal. And also it's something you could probably get your thumbs broken. So like, you know, in every serious pool hall, there's probably a couple sharks like local sharks. There's probably, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, you know, maybe on weekends or, you know, certain nights, there's probably like regional ones and they all like. It's like a it's like a poker game where you don't settle who's best overhand the poker. You kind of like are trying to rank like, are you the mark? Or are you the shark? And mm-hmm. if you're the mark, you don't play right. Like and I'd like how you feel that out and how people get reputations and how you can like 
I mean, it's it's brilliant. You got this unknown quantity. And he's essentially like, you got a sandbag, kid. You need to go into Atlantic City. Yeah. So it's almost like you're making money two ways. You're making money on your winnings, but also you, you're essentially betting on yourself and getting huge long odds, you know? Um, and, and I, it's, I just thought that stuff was just like in the first film. It's just fascinating. Like this, this underworld, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've always, every time I go into a pool hall, I always wonder, I look around cause you know, you can tell there's some people there like all the fucking time. Yeah. And they've got like pool cue cases and stuff like, you know, who, like, who is the shark here? Uh, <laughs> how much money would I lose if I talked to the wrong guy in this hall? Right. Uh, I, I thought that stuff is, is cool. And they do, they do a lot of it in this film. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about these kind of movies, but I, it's, it's the, the seedy nature of it. It's the danger. It's the, the real skill, um, the blend of all of them. But I, I feel the same way about this movie as I feel about the movie rounders with mm. Matt or yeah, I've not seen that one, Matt Damon. Where where he's a poker player and he's it's essentially very similar to this movie. Uh, he's the Tom Cruise, I guess, um, and he's trying to beat this guy played by John Malkovich. And the guy's just a student of of humans, and he can't beat him because he always knows his number. Um, and poker lends itself to that naturally, right? I mean, that is the game. Mm-hmm. In pool, yeah, the hustle is is the real game you're playing the pool is the game you play to 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 get to the hustle i guess yeah i uh god there's so many great quotes like uh the money won is twice as sweet as money earned Mm -hmm. i don't know why that is but it is it is fucking 100 percent true oh yeah like it's not that hard to earn $700, you know, in a given, you know, uh, week or, you know, whatever. But like every time, like I've gone to Vegas and like won 700 on Sunday's worth of games, it's like, fuck, you know, you feel like you're like rich. Yeah. You know, it felt like it felt like you got seven grand instead. Um, and the two things you need to win brain and balls and you got too much of one and not enough. Of the other. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that's another great, great line. And that way, well, Oh man. Also like shades of, uh, uh, George C. Scott, when, uh, he essentially walks out on him, rage quits the whole partnership and Tom Cruise goes on and he just, you know, he radiates the pool hall and he's going to, he, he won a lot of money, but like a 10th of what he actually won. Yeah. And after he dresses him down and browbeats him and insults him and has him begging for more, he then makes him give his 60% cut. Mm-hmm. And so like, and, and fucking Tom Cruise does it. No complaints. And yeah. it's like, Oh God, it's, it's great. Um, and just like the montage of like him learning, like, uh, you know, shows him kind of like sandbagging a little bit, but also shows him pushing too far and him getting in a fight and he has to kick some dude in the balls yeah. with like a Bruce Lee. <laughs> Watch out. Uh, the montage is really good. The montage is really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, the other scene I, I really like, uh, and there are a few of them, but one that stands out because of how good of an actor Paul Newman is, is the one where they're doing two brothers and a stranger. Um, yeah. That scene, there's a moment where like the plan works, right? Because Paul Newman's mm-hmm. up there and he's, you know, been stirring up shit and everybody wants to see these two go at each other on the table. And, sure. but nobody can put up the cash because it's so much cash. It's 500 bucks for a single game. And then the bartender, he gets in on it. He's like, well, I got a thousand bucks from, you know, selling these fools booze. Let's just gamble with their money, essentially. So he ups it to a thousand Um, and the look that Paul knew it's why he's such an amazing actor because he gives the audience absolutely everything they need in this shot where where he like the bartender says a thousand and his face turns but it doesn't turn enough this I've talked about this before where if you're trying to convey something to the audience that you don't want the actors in the room to have discovered that is a fine fucking line to walk. He walks yep. it so perfectly here. There's a tinge of a smile on his face, but only yeah. if you're if you know what's up. And then he looks, yeah. the camera follows his eyes around to the bartender. It's just a perfect shot. Yeah. And it's also works because like Tom Cruise is playing the part, but you can tell he's getting genuinely pissed. Yes. At not the stiff that he's saying, but like at him 
you know, put, putting his hands on his girlfriend to sell the act. And um, Newman and it's also, is riding yeah. that line with him, right? Like, he, he knows he could push this guy way too far and he would just come at right. him with a stick or whatever. Right. And he almost did. He almost did. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that's like, you know, like, it's guys, but it's, it's maddening watching characters. The older I get, the harder it is to watch a character like Tom Cruise here. We're like, you know, Paul Newman's got one sermon, you know, like we are building towards something mm-hmm. We're there's there's a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Yes, you're going to have to swallow your pride. Yes, you're going to have to go some sort of humiliation, but you got to like count the Monte Cristo this. You got to keep your eyes on the prize when you eventually get your comeuppance. It's going to be that much sweeter. And like Cruz just can't get it. Like he keeps asking, like, hey, can we ever do a hustle where I win? Like, no, motherfucker. Because yeah. we don't want you. We want you rolling into Atlantic City as an overconfident, blowhard, easily rattled guy. So, you know, like the whole thing is like, like you're a flake, but you can't switch it on and off. You got to be able to switch off the flake. So when it's time to make money, you can you make all this go away. And he just never he just doesn't yeah. really get it until I guess the end of the film. Yeah, he, um, he's, he just doesn't have any patience. And the, the balabushka, the, the stick that he gives him, the fancy stick mm-hmm. is kind of the stand in for that. Right. For their goal. Um you can't use, you can't have the balabushka. You can't use it right now, but this, take right. a look at it. This is what is waiting for you if we execute this. Because you're only going to hustle for a certain amount of time and then rep's going to get out. Um, word's going to get out about you. And then you're playing the tournament scene, right? And you're, you can use the balabushka. You can have people who are young kids thinking, oh, I can take on this guy. You know, I'm better than him. And you can whip the floor with them. Uh, wipe, yeah. wipe the floor with them, but you got yeah. to wait. You and there's only wait. one time as a pool hustler you can really do that. Exactly. Like you're once you're a known quantity, you will essentially have to work your ass off to make a tenth of the money, right? Because everybody, you're, you know, you're. Uh, I guess at that point you just become the whale of a t- pool hall, and you're like Domino, uh, fats, fats Domino from the first. You're just waiting for. <laughs> would be uh hustlers to come come fuck you over but uh right right yeah that's the frustration it's like dude kid you literally only have one shot at this you've got mm-hmm. one shot of being an unknown the unknown quantity once you win like i don't know what the hell you got to do break your thumbs and people are like i don't know he's got his thumbs broke or, right take 25 you know, years off and you do like the kingpin thing where you get your arm mangled in a bowling ball machine and then people, you know, you know it's like, like there's not many times where you can like you know uh change people's opinion or have them underestimate or like you said due to paul newman where you get scared off and you spend 25 years not playing right but um i also think one of the charms of the first movie was how good relatively speaking uh robert jesus i almost did paul newman <laughs> Uh-huh. And Jackie Gleason were like Jackie Gleason is a legitly good and they're making the shots and the camera's yeah. not cheating. I found it very distracting how like Paul Newman's first break, which is one of those like thunderstroke breaks. Clearly is jump edited because I don't think Newman can do it or essentially he can't break it and make it the the exact configuration that he needs to then go around and hit easy shots as he's as he's uh, lecturing Tom Cruise on sure. how to play pool. Like there's a jump shot. Uh, Tom Cruise can't jump uh, pool balls. <laughs> and there's another weird slow-mo jump cut to kind of the, 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 the so you go from Tom Cruise to the actual pool expert. And that, uh, it kind of bothered me because it was kind of incredible how good the pool was from the main actors in the first movie. And this one, like they had a couple of pros mm-hmm. um, doing, and there's some just amazing shots. But you hardly ever see like Tom like a couple times, uh, but you hardly ever see like Tom Cruise or or Newman themselves lining them up and shooting one. There's almost always a way to cheat it because they're just even though I guess Tom Cruise got to be really good. He got a pool table yeah, he and he studied good. And, and Scorsese was even like, yeah, this guy probably in another couple of weeks could do this shot. But like Scorsese also said famously, this is the only movie he ever delivered on time and under budget. So he was like really trying to do like, I'm, I'm trying to make a mainstream film here. I'm trying to hit my marks and all that. So, but I, ah, I kind of wish you'd given Tom Cruise the extra couple of weeks. Cause that'd have been sweet. Yeah. We do know he loves to do his own stunts. So I don't know if you consider it's shooting true. pool balls, maybe jumping a pool ball, a stunt, uh, clearly wanted to, um, and like you know, I said, there's some good, decent shots. Like Paul Newman yeah. has a really good cross the table kind of arcing that he actually shot. 
Mm-hmm. I think Tom Cruise has one or two, but like just not anywhere near from from my recollection, the first movie where it's like even into a layman, like, fuck, that was some sweet, tricky shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tom Cruise is weird. Is that is that a controversial thing to say? <laughs> he is weird. He's a very weird guy. His energy in this. So, so when I when I think of Tom Cruise, I think of off the charts charisma. I'm not exactly certain that that's what he's bringing to this. He's bringing charisma, no. but he's also bringing that manic couch jumping energy that like is too much. Um, it's too much. Like I said, that the, the whole Donatello routine. Like I don't know yeah. how he didn't get jumped. Like, the werewolves of London. Uh, Al scene. It's it's a little off putting. Yeah, and I don't know if that kind of defines the kind of. It's like career. his underwear. It's like his underwear dancing and risky business, except for mm-hmm. he's doing it in front of an audience of hundreds. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Like that's one thing to be that crazy in your own home, but. It's it's yeah, it's stomping on Oprah's couch when he got engaged. To, mm-hmm. What's her face? Like, it's just like, OK, you you're at an 11 and I need you down at about an eight, you know, for sure. I, I do wonder if that has somehow defined his career, because when I look at Tom Cruise's career versus a lot of other stars of that time, young, attractive uh, men from like young men from that time, I think of like. The, the the brat pack kind of people i think about it. everybody mm. who's who's mixing and, and mingling with other you know attractive young uh popular actors at the time tom cruise didn't do a ton of that like no, i look at top didn't. gun and I, I see val kilmer okay that's that's one where he did he did do that stuff still not really brat packy though no for sure he just he didn't have that phase of a career and it felt like every movie was that he did was defined by Tom Cruise as opposed to like, hey, look at all these hot, young, popular stars mm-hmm. we, we configured into a group. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so strange. It's so strange. And it, it persists to this day where he and it might be partially his reputation. I don't know if he's if he's hard to work with, but he's certainly got a rep now as a Scientologist. But uh-huh. then I expected I expected him to work more with people of his age, uh, like who were popular in that era. But he just doesn't do it. And yet he mm. became like the biggest movie star on the planet. He, he is the draw for his movies. Not, yeah. not in the way that like Robert Downey Jr., Rob Lowe, um, th- those guys always kind of mixed it up with others. But also he, he didn't play that like angsty stuff either. Like every one of his early roles True. is like Tom Cruise, megawatt smile, yeah. hyper masculine. He's a fucking NASCAR driver. He's mm-hmm. a fucking top gun. He's a, I don't know, cocktail twirler. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's like always like playing this like amp. He doesn't, he doesn't do any kind of like introspection or. You know, like any, 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 anytime he's down bad or like he gets goose killed, it's just, it's just, uh, the stat, it's just the springboard he needed to get, you know, to find his, 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 uh, you know, the, the will to win or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. And it's like, I, I think the whole deal is like a lot of his career has been managed by Scientology. So like maybe that was their stress. Like don't ever do mm-hmm. uh, that. Now I know he has like, you know, like what vanilla sky is Tom uh-huh. Cruise being pretty fucking angsty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Magnolia is Tom For Cruise sure. being pretty fucking angsty, but he didn't get to that shit until he was in his like forties, man. Yeah. Those are two thousands movies. Like he had a yeah. run from the eighties through the nineties. That was yeah. remarkably tom cruise driven and i don't understand yep. necessarily how other than I, I guess he was a phenomenon in the time like he's one everyone of stars, yeah. loved him yep yep he's good looking guy you know it's the the fucking men you know women wanted to be with him and men wanted to be him kind of uh austin powers gag yeah he's like a generation after say? me so i, I don't really i i wasn't mm. watching his movies as they were being made I wasn't allowed to watch his movies as they're right. being made. I came to all, all that stuff like way after the fact. Um, what uh, what else do we have to say about uh, the color of money? Oh, the title of this. Like I kept on expecting someone to say something like the stripe on the seven is like the color of money or I, I don't I, I don't know my colors and balls and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, because they, they, they talk about the smell of money. 
Sure. And they talk about this, but like they never get to the color of money. And I was wondering like what, what, what that actually was going to refer to. <laughs> color of money uh, is JTS Brown. Uh, that's the whiskey he drinks. I, I, uh, I don't know, man. Um, Cause like, I was like, were they going to talk about the faded felt at these things is the, co- mm-hmm. like I kept on expecting something to come like the chalk, the chalk dust is the co- like a color of old money or, but they, they never quite, uh, they never quite got uh, the, the title of the movie in, into the movie itself. I mean, is color like a, a stand in here for like the look of money? Because like, I don't know. I don't know. And there's something Newman's in the, the Scorsese's uh, uh, ramble up front about colors, like the 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 with the uh, tying the balls. And that's where I thought they would make that kind of illusion. It's you know yeah. whatever, but uh, the chalk is it blue? Is it the chalk? Because he gets a very I fancy so. chalk. I've, I've seen uh, green chalk. Chalker. I've seen the white. I've seen the the blue chalk. I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, this movie was uh, pretty well received. It actually got. Paul Newman and Oscar um, his first Oscar right <laughs> was it his first that's insane I think so like I guess the they, they awarded him an honorary one for some kind of lifetime achievement the year before and then he won out one outright but it is wild yeah if that this is his yeah uh yeah so best actor in a leading role he won it uh Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio I think is her name uh maybe that's why she didn't have a huge career her last name is very hard to say uh, she ten, did not win, but she got nominated. Hmm? I'm sorry, I, I just looked at Paul Newman, 10 time Oscar nominee. Oh. Finally won an Academy Award for the color of money. I think that's his only, only one to <laughs> finally won an Academy Award in the movie Scorsese was slumming in. Great. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like Al Pacino getting an, uh, an Oscar for a Godfather three. <laughs> sure. Or, <laughs> you know? or Simone or something <laughs> like what the, yeah. I mean, it's it's this is not some of it is is is. like some of this stuff like like didn't Scorsese finally get an Oscar for Aviator. Oh, was he having trouble getting an Oscar too? That's insane. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like and I like the Aviator, but it's not anywhere near his best. Not in the top five of his best movies. That's good. But yeah, come on. Uh, Best adapted screenplay and best art direction was also nominated for none of those won. Uh, Apparently a room with a view is very popular that year. No, I, I, I got I also I keep going back. I got that wrong. Scorsese finally got it for The Departed, okay. uh, which, again, not one of his top five movies. Right. Uh, How much money did you say this thing made? Uh, it made about 52 million on a budget of 14.5. So it was successful, um, both critically and financially. Uh, there's one other thing that this movie spawned, which is wild. I would have never guessed in a million years. John Carmack apparently oh shit I saw this decided to name the video game Doom after this movie after seeing the scene where Tom Cruise goes to the pool hall with the balabushka looks down at the box and says what's in the box opens it up and looks up at the camera and says Doom uh-huh. but and he, he thought that really, was so he cool. makes a meal he makes them a, a meal of it Doom. oh yeah I mean he's flashing yeah. his smile and yeah it's uh-huh. I have a hard time believing that, but I mean, John Carmack said it in an interview. I looked at the source and it was on doom world. Did, but, so I don't was it? Cause I, I thought it was uh Romero. Like it was a John Carmack. Re, 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 Cause that feels like a Romero move to me. Like you Carmack know, was one being fucking crazy. At. Okay. But I, I don't uh, know who thought yeah, that. That's, I had no idea what a, what an intersection of my childhood interests, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's wild. I, you know, yeah, uh, it's hilarious though. Id Software is doom mm-hmm. because of this uh, pool movie. I guess yeah, like uh, that was not the like uh, in eighty nine and ninety. Like uh, that's the Castle Wolfenstein Doom era. So yeah, this will yeah. only be years after this movie was made. So it uh, all lines up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. The color of money. Uh, I think it's a worthy sequel to Hustler. Um, a great counter. Uh, it's uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't besmirch the memory of the Hustler. It's just no. not quite that good. It's not quite the the movie doesn't go as hard as the Hustler does because the thing is, it's is like hard. I don't think I kept. I was expecting Newman to go there, you know, to give yeah. it that kind of pathos. But like you know, nobody dies. 
<laughs> nobody is like bullied into committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one gets like there's there's not nearly as much stakes. Like uh, Tom Cruise doesn't get his legs broke or anything. Nope. Um, so it just doesn't have the stakes. But it is fun, and I think you, you, since it's modern, it's uh, color, it's got Tom Cruise in it. Uh, it's it is like you said, it's a lot more accessible. Did did you wish? Um, uh, let me ask you this: the the last mm-hmm. thing I want to talk about here. Did you see much? Many challenges presented to the character of Eddie. And did you see his character change much in this movie? Because that's one of the things that happens in The Hustler. He very much changes. Um, and he's changed I, by the events of that movie. This didn't I, quite feel. I think so, because this like is that. like the inverse and opposite of The yes, Hustler. I think you're the right. The Hustler is the wild horse that gets broken and mm-hmm. then ultimately too much, like uh, broken till he can't even pull a plow or drive a cart or whatever. This is that guy slowly reawakening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why like I... I, that's the, the the most puzzling thing in Ebert's review is like I felt like he deducted a full star because it ended just when he thought the movie got good. And to me, it's like complaining that you don't get to see the fight between Rocky and Apollo at the end of Rocky three. OK, like that's not if you thought that this was building up to like a smoke filled 48 hour marathon pool session between Newman and Cruz. I don't know what the hell movie you were watching. But clearly, that's what Ebert was expecting, and he thought he got robbed uh, by not. But like the, to me, like yeah, that it was an arc. It's just the exact yeah. opposite and inverse arc of the Hustler. Yeah, it, it felt like a reawakening to me, where a guy who loves the game of pool had been barred from the game of pool due to circumstance, and, and he found pool again through this kid, it, it, right? Yeah, and I, I shouldn't say it's opposite because like he ends up and almost like it's like the pendulum finally swung to the middle because in the first movie, like he was a mess. He couldn't keep a a girl. He couldn't, his priorities are all mess. Like, I feel like he is the master of his domain at the end of this movie. He is, you know, Mm -hmm. older, wiser, got his eyes fixed. so We can play pool. He can still, you know, uh, earn the love and respect of a woman uh, and have a bunch of adventures and stuff, but like not, you know, he's also seems like he's won most of his battles against alcohol. Yeah. Uh, or at least he's, he doesn't go to that like insane uh, self-destructive spiral that he got into the first movie. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not it's 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 more of a complete arc. It's not like a reversal. It's uh, like a full mastery of, of his place in the world. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this week's prestige film. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim later.